Hey guys, and welcome to the Cardinals Nation 24-7 podcast, where each week, host Chris Lawless, Jared Redwine, and Larry Cox go over the week that was in St. Louis Cardinals baseball. We've been doing a lot of action over on our YouTube channel, which you can find by typing in Cardinals Nation 247 over on YouTube. We hope that you like and subscribe to all the content that we're putting out over there. Um, We've been doing weekly episodes as well as a lot of bonus content. This week was no different. We had a bonus show that we called Conversation with the Nation. It was a Redbird Roundtable where we had a Cardinal discussion with fellow group members J.P. Maxwell, who's the host of ESPN 107.3's The Midmo Sports Show here in Rolla, Missouri. We also had Brad Kale, sports writer for Arch City Media, join us. And we also had Hayden C., the founder and CEO of STL Sports Central. Now, with us doing a YouTube Live this week, it cuts in about the three-minute mark of the interview on this audio. So we everybody bears with us. We'll take you right into the action of where it picks up. We hope everyone continues to like and subscribe on all these podcast apps, as well as like and subscribe on YouTube. Without further ado, let's get into the action. No, so far, it's just going to say, uh, you know, Wayno looks pretty good so far coming out in his first couple of appearances. He looks to be in midseason form, uh, which is rare compared to the rest of our start, starting pitchers so far. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, too, you know, it looks like Nicholas might be uh, – out they just announced today it looks like he might not make the opening day roster which is something we had touched on last week chris is you know his uh shoulder they think they called it creaking his shoulders creaking and they said bader's forearm is barking so they have a lot of good medical <laughs> analogies for these injuries uh but they're saying now he may not uh be making the opening day roster so you got to figure maybe martinez is going to take that spot so maybe that that's out of the question now. Martinez will probably take a spot. Who is your fifth starter? So let me go uh, first to you, Brad. Who would you put as your fifth man in that starting rotation? If Martinez makes it, Nicholas is out. Yeah, I I think Martinez, I mean, I it's a love-hate relationship with him. Um, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of him really putting it all together. I, I think even before this, he was – kind of the favorite to, to be that fifth guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's cemented in there. Um, my, my personal preference is um, Alex Reyes. I, I'm a huge Alex Reyes fan. Um, I, I think he, if he can be stretched out enough for, to be that, that fifth guy in the rotation, I mean, he can, he can be that, that missing link. I, I think, that the rotation really needs. Um, I mean, he, he's shown last year that he's electric out of the pen. So I wouldn't mind if they stick him back in the pen there. Um, but in my, my personal preference is just, just be Alex Reyes. Yeah. I like, I like Reyes too. And it has, he still got good stuff. He's just been injury plagued all these years and he was such a top prospect. It seems like he's been in the league for 10 years now and it, he's really only been a couple of years with, you know, his injuries and then he hurt himself by getting frustrated in the start. But I would like to see him too. I think he's only got a year or two left in arbitration before, you know, he's able to go explore free agency. And I would like to see what he can do as a starting pitcher before that actually happens. So what about you, JP? If you had to, you're, you're the manager, you're making out the rotation, you're filling out the lineup card, who would you slot in uh, behind Martinez as your fifth starter? Well, before they were in auto trade, I would have said Austin Gomber. Um, but, you know, he went over to Colorado on that deal. 
I really like Daniel Ponce de Leon just because for some reason he just has that mental ability to come in. It doesn't matter what situation you need him for. He comes in and delivers in a pinch um, for long-term. Now, if it's something short-term, you know, for a guy to miss a start here and there and kind of plug in, that's where I think Alex Reyes could really shine because you don't want to prolong him and have him go too many innings right now because of the injury history. You need him to work into that. Um, so for me, he's your plug-in guy, but your long-term, you know, feeling could have, you know, for me, it's Ponce de Leon. I, this is where I think that they missed out on opportunity to get like a Jake. Um, and I'm going to forget his name now. Um, what is he? What is he? Uh, before okay. he signed with Houston, because I mean, he, he's your perfect guy that could have plugged in on that fifth rotation spot. You know, he's gone now. He's not an option. So if you're going to go from within, um, for me, it's Ponce de Leon. Yeah, I kept hoping, you know, maybe with the longer he was out there in free agency and the longer nothing happened that we might have a chance to get him kind of like people were comparing to the Kyle Lowe's trade. But as soon as Valdez broke his finger with Houston and I heard there was talks, I I figured it would be only a short period of time. From what I understand, I guess the only reason I didn't sign him was the money. I mean, that's the only thing I can make sense out of. Yeah, Cardinals pretty tight on the old wallet unless somebody's phoning up some serious cash or – they find a way to free up money. They don't. They don't like to right. pay too much. Uh, but I agree with you on the whole Ponce de Leon thing. You know, Chris and I have talked about him. Also, he's kind of just been, you know, wherever you need me, plug me in. Spot start here, piggyback there. He's kind of, you know, always just been that plug in guy. It'd be nice, maybe. They always say, you know, these guys like to prepare mentally. If he was told, hey, you're going to be in the rotation for the next foreseeable future, let's see what you can do. Maybe and he gets his mindset on that and figures he's going to be a starter. Maybe he would. Uh, perform even better not that he's been bad up to this point i was really concerned you know when the i was excited about the arenado deal but you know at first we heard that the deal was done but we didn't even know what players were going back to colorado in exchange we had an idea of what was possible but we didn't know for sure so i never put any stock on who's going over to the other side until we have an official word and i thought ponce de leon was a good option that maybe colorado may say hey we want him for the same reasons that i like him so the fact that he's still there that to me that's a big plus for the cardinals yeah, I, ha- I had both those guys, too, very comparable pitchers. I said, you know, I f- kind of figured, like, Gombers, the left-handed compliment to Ponce and vice versa because they were both kind of similar, not really garnered or figured in to be, like, permanent roles yeah. in the rotation, but thrown in here and there. Uh, Hayden, what about you? What Who would you like to see in that fifth rotation spot? I know we've got a lot of options, you know, if you look at Gant and Aviedo and some of these other guys. Who's your Who's your sleeper rotation guy? Well, I'm I'm also a big backer of Alex Reyes. Um, like I forgot who said it, but um, just with his injury history, I'm not sure you can bank on him giving you those innings. Like when I think his best role is out of the pen because out of the pen last year, he had one of his best seasons and he had great metrics too, which show it might not it might be a long term um, um, production. But I think they're either going to go with. Um, bullpen, um, bullpen starter for fifth starting spot, or possibly Matthew Libertor. It wouldn't be the craziest thing because Jordan Hicks came up from a ball when he yeah. when he first started. So I don't think it's likely, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if Libertor is the guy who fills in that that fifth starter spot. Yeah, that's an interesting take on things too, and with the minor league season basically being pushed back an extra 30 days at the least. I know they're looking at alternative camp things, but you got to figure there's some of these guys are going to figure out what to do with 
So that may shape the roster a little bit because, you know, I was thinking maybe Kinsner wouldn't be on the big league team at first because they're going to want him to play a lot more. But then again, if they don't have anywhere to send him right away, they're going to say, hey, playing on the big league team with Yachty in case something happens is more important to us. And, you know, you also you mentioned Libertor and you've got Zach Thompson, who's also looked really good. And we do have room on the on the roster. We're at 39 uh, on the 40 man, and that's with Dakota Hudson still being active. So once he gets shifted, there's two spots. So you could definitely see someone like one of them or a Parsons. But uh, I like Reyes. I'd like to see him get the chance. Uh, but I, I think it's probably going to be Ponce and, you know, unless they say, you know, Miklas could be out for an extended period. Who knows at this point because the Cardinals never tell you and they always say it's, they're going to push him back. He'll, he's fine, though, but they're never fine. He'll be getting a second opinion in about three weeks, probably and probably getting the leg amputated shortly after, be my guess. Uh, Chris, Chris, your your thoughts into you, sir. Well, you know, I you know, we've touched on it too, and I think Gant and Ponce are both, you know, options that, for that the starter spot, but I would like to see Reyes get some shots too. Um, a question for these guys would be, you know, to get away from the starting rotation and look at the back end of the bullpen. Jordan Hicks is also coming off of injury and the being out last season with the, the COVID season. Um, you know, there is word that he's hitting 102 on the radar, but they're kind of easing him back into that closing role. Who do you guys think gets that role? Or do you think it might just be a closer by committee type of situation where they just utilize multiple arms instead of a one weapon for a closer role? Yep. Uh, I mean, if I, I think eventually later on in the year, it's going to end up being Hicks. Um, but, but I, I kind of agree with you with um, the whole cl- closer by committee. My, my start off being uh, Giovanni Gallegos. Um, he'll probably be more, more reliant. Um, I mean, then you got, I mean, if Alex Reyes ends up in that bullpen, I mean, he's likely to have a chance to have a high lever- leverage role like that. And um, and then you got Andrew Miller, who's been up and down the uh, past couple of years. And I mean, he, but he definitely has that experience as well. And um, I, I, I like that they're um, easing Hicks in. I mean, cause it's, it's been a while since he's pitched in a, in a big league game and he, he has the stuff, though. I think eventually it, it will just be handed over to Hicks. Yeah, good news, too, on Hicks, you guys. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but uh, they said he's faced live hitters twice, and he's supposed to pitch in his first, uh, you know, B, one of the backfield games on uh, Wednesday. So those are all good signs so far. Just wanted to mention that. Now, JP, what do you think? Who do you think takes that closer role? Well, I agree with what Brad said. I think it's Hicks to lose, but I think you have to work him in slowly because of the injury and then missing last year. You know, the fact that he didn't face any live batters last year, it's one thing to try to stay in baseball shape, but then not to face live batters. It's a whole different whole different animal. Um, I can see them working him in to close a couple of games here and there, but I think it's his to lose maybe around the halfway point in the year if he's, if he's pitching well. But I think before that, probably a closer by committee, um, part of me would be halfway tempted to try John Gant there, but I think Gant has a lot more value uh, at the front end of the rotation because of his – or the front end of the bullpen because of his ability. Um, so I don't want to take him and put him in the closer spot because then you have a hole in the front part of the bullpen. So I think it's, it's Hicks' job is to lose – his job to lose, but you have to 
fill it here and there, just like you would with a spot starter for the rotation up until you know Hicks is ready to go. The early indications are good, but we all know well, that can turn on a dime. So let's not rush him back too quick because the guy has got a live arm like we haven't seen for quite a while, and I don't want to mess him up on that. And Hayden, your thoughts? I know the lefties that we've got in the pen right now, we've got Webb, we've got you know Miller and Hennessy uh, Cabrera, although you know Cabrera can be stretched out to be a spot starter from time to time, but as far as that closer role, who would you take, Hayden? I think doing a closer by committee is the best option because um, they should they should choose who to put in based on the matchup and their splits. And I think rotating that between like Reyes, Gallegos, Hicks, and Gant in the back end, whoever has the best match, like individual matchup or splits against that specific hitter would be better than having some concrete um, closing pitcher. I've always thought that would benefit a team, you know, to not just have that one weapon. You know, if you can throw multiple guys at the end of a game where, you know, team isn't necessarily, hey, this is their closer, or this is who I'm expecting. So, yeah, I like those answers. Definitely uh, agreeable. Well, it's different if you have like a, a closer like Mariano Rivera, but the Cardinals don't have like a closer that's like insane, insane. So there's no reason to lock someone into that spot. Right. I, agree. I, I will say I will say this, though. If there's a guy that's an X factor to me in the bullpen, I think it is Gallegos. I think he's got some really good stuff. I've liked what I've seen from him a lot. So if he goes out there, closer by committing, goes out there and starts dominating, maybe you let him have a crack at it for the year and just create a little competition there. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Just think we only had to give up Luke Boyd for that guy. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. Yeah, but <laughs> never heard of her. Uh, we do have we do, we do have a lot of benefit to most teams don't you know whenever you're talking about you have someone like Hicks Gallegos Miller even Helsley you get four potential guys that could be closing on any other given team in Major League Baseball that's why you know a lot of times we have a lot of unknowns with our pitching rotation but we're we're pretty deep uh, just talking about that and we were covering last time there's going to be a lot of guys on this team that might get cut even with Nicholas going on the uh, disabled listeners, guys like Cabrera, Elledge, Fernandez, uh, Aviedo, Quizada, the new guy we just picked up. Those guys don't have a roster spot. If they're going with 26 guys to fill it out, I mean, you've got Ponce, Gallegos, Webb is going to get a bullpen spot for sure. Uh, who? Let me ask you, who do you guys see? Uh, I want to ask you this first, Chris, because you always try to get out of answering my questions. So who do you see coming in as being uh, your dark horse player this year? I mean, you've got a lot of battles going on right now, too. We have left field battle with Lane Thomas and O'Neill. They're the they're, they're number, number one and two on the team and average slugging percentage in OPS. And Thomas doesn't have a spot because we Bader has to start for whatever reason. Uh, he's guaranteed to be our center fielder. But Thomas was a really good player, too, coming out uh, two years ago until he broke his wrist. And now he's he came back last year and did – would well even after having COVID and he said it did affect him, you know, like energy wise and just getting back in the swing of things. And now he's playing very well this season. He, he's my pick, but who do you see, you know, out of those guys, not figuring your Arenado Goldsmith, who's your, who's your breakout performer this year, Chris, or who's your dark horse to watch? You know, it, it's kind of a toss up because I've, I've really been high on Tyler O'Neill and I, I hated to see him struggle. Uh, I don't think he's had that, you know, full, full season under his belt of giving a, giving a go quite like Harrison Bader has. I know his 170 average last year was lackluster, 
but he's got the speed of Bader. He's got way more power than Bader. Uh, won a gold glove last year. I think he's on the cusp of doing some good things, depending on where they put him in the lineup. And, you know, if he can be more of a consistent contact hitter, I think he takes his game to the next level and actually locks down a spot. I know him and Lane Thomas have both looked pretty good this spring so far. Uh, the Cardinals have pretty well been hell-bent on naming Bader your starter for sure. And Carlson is going to get as much playing time as he can possibly get. But I, I think Tyler O'Neill's one that a lot of people are sleeping on. I think he's going to have the breakout here. Yeah, I take a lot of these spring training results with a grain of salt because you never can really bank on them too much. But yeah, some of these battles like those positions, like a guy like Thomas, who going into spring training, depending on how the option thing ends out with Justin Williams and stuff, this could have been a guy that didn't make the team. Now he's playing his way, he's auditioning his way onto the team to where they try not to find a spot for him. Because with that, they've already said they're only going to take five bench guys. Uh, we don't have a DH, so you got to figure Molina's one of those. Or not Molina. You know, your catcher is going to be one of backup for Molina will be one of those five spots. Uh, Sosa's out of options regardless of how the arbitration thing goes with the short season last year. So he's going to be on the team. Carp is going to be taking one of those, figuring Edmund is your starting second baseman. So you have two spots, and they're basically outfield spots at this point. And there's even talk of Nagawiski making the team. So you have to think, you know, who's going to make? Is it going to be Thomas? Is it going to be Williams? You also have Austin Dean. There's a lot of guys that could potentially make uh, this team for very limited spots. So we've got a lot of battles going on. But I'm going to swing it around backwards again. We're being we're here on YouTube Live and sharing on Facebook group and page. We're with Brad Kell from Art City Media, JP Maxwell from the Midnight Sports Show, and Hayden C from STL Sports Central. So I'm going to go backwards on the table this time, and I'm going to ask you, Hayden, who do you see this year as being your breakout uh, performer? Here okay, I'm scared. I'm scared to say this, but uh, Harrison Bader. Don't be um. scared. <laughs> hold on, we didn't. Hold on, we didn't hear you. It could be a live feed problem. Who? I'm just kidding. We heard you. I was just messing with you. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, uh, no. Yeah, I feel like Cardinals fans, in their eyes, Harrison Bader can do no right. Like. I don't know what it is with him. They just, they picked him out as a player to hate. And what I think most people fail to realize, and I don't know why is, is that even if Harrison Bader um, performs below average offensively um, with his top tier defense, arguably the best outfield de defense in baseball, he would still be one of the most um, valuable players on the team if he's given consistent playing time, which I think will really help him with his um, bat as well. Cause back when Matheny was the coach and like Bader had to like um, really stress about starting. Um, he made risky plays at times that he thought would benefit him and make him be um, in center field more often. But I think with Schilt being behind him and saying, we believe in you, it'll make Bader more relaxed and be able to be able to perform where I think he's able to perform at. Yeah, that's that's actually a good choice. And I, I'm one of those guys, too, that gives Bader a hard time. I, w I wish he could swing the bat a little better, but I want him to do well. Uh, it, it just makes it tough when you've got all these young guys and uh, coming up that are playing well. But Bader doesn't necessarily hurt you out there. And we've talked about this before, too, Chris. You know, a guy like Bader doesn't hurt you. But what brings out the emphasis on Bader in the past is whenever you've had the rest of the team hitting 220, 240, because normally guys like 
Bader are consistent. If they don't swing the bat as well, you, you live with it because he's great in the outfield. He does other things right. You know, he runs the base paths well. So uh, that normally doesn't hurt you, but when you have a whole team, you know, like DeYoung and everyone and your leadoff guy in Carp and everyone is hitting 200 brings more emphasis and everyone just says, has they have kind of picked on him and myself included, you know, hey, what, what's going on? Why is he still in the game? So, you know, that's, that's a good choice and hopefully, hopefully you're right. Hopefully he does well. Uh, JP, who would you pick as your dark horse performer this year on the team? He's so young, but for me, I really think Dylan Carlson could break out. I think a lot of it's because he's going to have a solidified spot. You know, he was kind of being a floater and platooning in all the different, uh, you know, outfield positions. Now that he knows his spot and where he belongs on the team, especially if they put him, for me, try him out in the two spot because they're going to, they, they're going to have to be very selective about pitching to Goldschmidt and Arenado right in the middle of that lineup. He's going to get some pitches to hit. Let's, let's see what the kid can do. So I think now that he's solidified, Put him in the two hole and just let the kid rake. See what he can see what he can do here. We saw him come to life in the latter part of the season. I think now is his time. That's just it's just a gut instinct is is what I'm calling it. No, and that's that's a good that's a great pick too. And somebody just the whole Aaron Auto trade just amplifies all this. And we've 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 touched on this before. I'm sure you guys have in your articles and your videos and stuff and your podcast as well. Is you know adding someone like an Arenado tremendously transforms the whole, you know, shape of the batting order and what everyone's going to be able to do. Just like bring Molina and people were saying the same thing about Molina. Oh, he's only going to yeah. hit 200. Well, having Molina on the team is a, encompasses a lot more than just what his batting average is. You know, no, we, we saw Molina's value in what happened during spring training yesterday. Oh, that was hilarious. Putting down that runner. I mean, I that's on- what he brings to the table. <laughs> I had that on my list. That was that was so freaking hilarious, dude. I, I can't believe the guy did the Siri. Jose Siri did the uh, finger wave at him, and Molina was like, "Go ahead, take the base." That was fantastic. You couldn't have scripted that any better. Nope. That worked out well. But having someone like an Arenado is going to take less pressure off Carlson. And I kind of like what you said about the two hole. Honestly, uh, you know, he's going to get pitches to hit because if you got Goldschmidt behind him, you know, well, you know, they're not going to be, they're going to say, well, here's, here's another attempted out for me. I don't want to go at, they're not going to go at Goldie and Arenado every time. So putting him. Well, in and here's the thing guys. too about Goldschmidt in the three hole this year is that in the two years previous, you know, his numbers were not what they were in Arizona, but you got to remember he wasn't getting anything to hit. He was yeah. getting all the junk and having all the pressure getting on base because besides Edmund, nobody's really getting on base consistently. Now with Arenado behind him, and, and, and the lineup now is as constituted, he's going to now get pitches to hit because you don't want to put two guys on and then have Arenado bat. He'll jack it out over the fence. So I think Goldsmith could really have a breakout year too, but he's too established. That's why I didn't mention him on here, but I think he's going to have a bounce back year too. Well, that's what happened with Ozuna. He excelled yep. on Miami because he had Stanton behind him. Then he came to St. Louis, mm-hmm. struggled, and then he goes to the Miami, I mean, not Miami, Atlanta, and excels. And you can just tell that, well, correlation is equal causation, but yep. well, he had Freeman hitting behind him and standing by him. And in St. Louis, he had like Dion getting behind him. That's just not comparable. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's another good correlation. Then you bring up Young. I think having somebody like an Arenado is also going to make Young better. It's less pressure on him because I think he did have more pressure thing. Okay. I've got to go out and I've got a Jack home run. So then he starts hitting 200 and it just changes the whole shape of the lineup. And I think that's why Goldschmidt, had a good year last year batting average wise is because we had so many guys underperforming with the bat due to COVID or, you know, short season, whatever you want to 
when you want to throw out there, but we had a lot of guys that didn't hit very well. And I think a lot of that was because they said, okay, well, he's the only guy hitting 300. We'll just pitch to him. And and that's what they did last year. But I think now they're going to have to be more protective. And I think Edmund's good in the leadoff spot. Carlson and, you know, hit two. Arenado, you can move DeYoung down a spot, less pressure on him. And then you have guys like Bader that can ease themselves into the game more and they don't have to have to say, I got to get on base here. I got to make something happen. It kind of just takes less stress off everybody else. And with Goldie and Arenado sharing that one two punch, I think it just kind of helps. Uh, what about you, Brad? Who would your, be your dark horse uh, performer on the team this year? Be who do you think is going to have a breakout season? Uh, I agree with both Hayden and JP. I mean, I Bader, I people don't like him. He, he can't hit the righties, but he barrels the ball consistently. I mean, he he's he's in the upper. I think I heard the other day upper thirty percent in the league. Twenty, twenty, uh, and barrel rate. Um, but I mean, I I love the idea of Dylan Carlson. I mean, I, if we can get get him hitting in the two hole ahead of. Goldschmidt ahead of Arenado. He's going to see so many pitches to see. I mean, who they're not going to want to pitch around him because I mean, why why would you want to put him on in front of our two big bobbers? I mean, he, he's going to have so so many pitches to hit. I think, and I, as JP said, he really took off at the end of the year. I mean, what? Didn't he end up hitting cleanup in the playoffs for us, I think? He he did. They sent him to the alternative camp for a while, and then when he came back, they put him behind Goldschmidt, and I think it was one of those things to where pitchers were like, okay, well, the rest of these guys aren't doing well, and he had, he had had a chance to see some more aggressive pitching, I think, and get some things lined out and work on his approach, and he was crushing it in the second half of – well, the, to end out the season last year. Yeah, I mean it... – He's. I think he's primed for probably the biggest breakout of of the three that, that we mentioned: O'Neill, Bader, and and Carlson. Yeah, all good choices. Chris, what do you have to? I know JP. If you have to run, just let us know, or just disappear, or whatever you want. I still got a few more minutes, so okay. Chris, go well, ahead. Not to go from a positive to a negative, but you know, as far as concerns for the team, and I know outfield wise. You know, we've got a lot of young talent out there that, you know, could be an experience could bite us in the, in the butt on that. Um, same with the, the bullpen with the young arms. But what do you guys see as this team's biggest weakness? I mean, last year it was an anemic offense. Uh, I know bringing Arenado in kind of helps fix some of that, but that is just one player. Um, and when you see Carp struggling where he hasn't had a hit, you know, the spring training, not to sound like some of our group members out there, but there are some concerns out there for you guys. What do you think the biggest concern or your biggest worry about this team heading into the season is? We'll start with Brad. Yeah, I, I agree. The The outfield, I think, is the biggest area of concern just because they're they're so inexperienced. I mean, we, we had Fowler that we just traded away. I mean, yeah, he he wasn't that great, but, I mean, he was that – veteran presence in the outfield. Um, he play, played better the past couple seasons, but, um, I mean, we really need Carlson, Bader, O'Neill, Thomas, 
some combination of those guys to really step up and uh, produce for us. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts, JP? Well, I was tempted to say outfield, but one thing I like is how Mike Schilt deals with the young players compared to uh, Mike Matheny and other managers that we've had. I think the way he utilizes them and, and gets them to play um, kind of alleviates my concern on that. Mine is still the rotation because you were counting on Michaelis to come back. Now here he is, get another opinion. Chances are there, the rumor is I'm hearing he couldn't eat Tommy John, which means he's going to miss significant time. Um, now one thing, though, I'll, I'll caveat that by saying one thing that's going to help your pitching staff, though, is the defense is even better. You know, we might have one of the best we, – we will have a top five defense in baseball. If we don't, I'll be shocked because um, Arenado having him at third and then shifting Edmund over to second, and we know what Bader and his, his ability in center field, if nothing else. Uh, Tyler O'Neill just won a gold glove this last year, and I think Dylan Carlson can hold his own. So the fact the defense is that much better, that's going to help your rotation. So that might be the saving grace, partly on that. Um, but it's the depth of the pitching staff. We can't afford many injuries. And if we start seeing guys fall, we have minor league depth, but then you have the inexperience of those of those pitchers. And that could come back to bite us. But uh, for me, it's definitely the rotation right now unless something changes. And I don't I don't see them making – now that Odorizzi is gone, this is the team that we have unless, in my opinion, they're making a run and we get to the to the trade deadline. Maybe they go and grab a pitcher to solidify themselves. But, but until then – this is who we have. So we can't afford any more bumps in the road with this rotation. Yeah, I know when you look at the starting rotations of a team like the Dodgers and the Padres, yep. you know, kind of head and shoulders above where we're at. Um, Hayden, I'll throw it to you. What, do you. what do you think our biggest weakness is right now? Well, I agree with what was just said. I feel like the Cardinals' biggest weakness is definitely keeping their pitchers healthy because they definitely have really, really good talent uh, pitching-wise, but – um, you really need to find a way to fill in, fill in those innings, get an innings eater because Reyes, Martinez, they're way too injury prone to count on um, pitching 200 plus innings. Um, and also Michael is going down and then Wainwright with his old age, I just the starting pitching is really, really injury prone. And I feel like if they stay healthy, um, it'll be a really, um, a big plus for the team because I just don't see it happening. There's too many, too many high risk guys. Yeah. I know Jared and I, we've talked about having such a plethora of available arms, especially young arms that could come in and take a fifth starter spot, or even, you know, throughout the bullpen, there's going to be several guys not make the team. But again, that comes down to a lot of inexperience when you're talking to Noviedo or Fernandez or Casada or just a lot of these young guys that, uh, you know, that's just for bullpen role. But, you know, pitching-wise, the uh, Cardinals just – they don't stack up that well with some of the top-tier teams. So making a push in the playoffs, I think that's that's probably going to be one of the primary concerns is the, the starting rotation. Yeah, it's kind of like JP was saying a little while ago, you know, it's unproven. You know, we have all these guys. Like, we have guys that are going to be starters and could be high-impact starters like Libertor, Zach Thompson – uh, Johan Oviedo, we have a lot of guys that could come in and do some damage, but you can't really put a huge load on those guys coming in if we get and expect them to do well. Now they might, you know, that stars are born sometimes that way. You know, if someone gets hurt. Someone asked that the other day too. What, what happens well, if, if Yachty gets hurt? Well, then Kinsner is going to be playing every day. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sometimes it's just 
and by choice it's like hey now's your time and they might perform and they might not but uh, we have we have a lot of what is but nothing's guaranteed and nothing ever is in baseball you can have a guy that's a Cy Young award winner one year and go out and be in the mid fives the next so it's got to take it day by day I think and see see what happens so I guess that's going to bring us to my next one and I'm going to I'm going to mix up my my rotation here I'm going to give Brad an extra day of rest and hit him last on the question so I'm going to JP you got you're on the bump uh, what do you think about Yadier Molina? It was a question that was posed to us. Do you think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer? And then second part follow-up to that is, do you see him playing an extensive number of games this year? Do you think the Cardinals begin to ease him back, or is it just based on performance? Uh, for me, I'll just put it this way, because I've, I've got to watch him you know, every game, being a Cardinals fan. 100% Hall of Famer. I don't think it's even a question. Um, just because of what he does behind the plate, uh, the amount of gold gloves that he's won and that leadership that he brings to the pitching staff, to me, should be first ballot. And we know how the Hall of Fame works. I mean, <laughs> so many guys that should have been first ballot weren't just because they want to make a statement. So, I mean, to me, that's where it gets kind of arbitrary because the writers decide they want to make a, you know, a stance or something. I just don't understand that part of it. But to me, first ballot, without a doubt. Um, and if he's not, to me, that's that's a – it's, it's a crock, but um, you know, it's the second question's more difficult because it would seem to make sense that you want to start easing him back just because, you know, Yachty's probably only got a couple more years and you've got to start grooming, you know, Kisner, whoever it is to be the full-time catcher. But then when you see Yachty do what he did yesterday, you realize how much above he is of everybody else. So you might have a game where you sit Yachty, and then what if something that Andrew Kisner did is not just what he might do at the plate or behind the plate catching. What if he tells a pitcher, pitch the wrong pitch, boom, three-run home run, it turns the whole game around, and, and now it's a loss. You can't, you can't afford to do that. So, I mean, if Yachty is behind the plate and you're winning, are they going to sit him? I don't think so. Because, in my opinion, we should win this central division. It's, it's ours now. So you don't want to give up games that you shouldn't, shouldn't – you know, give up. That one's tough because it, it would make sense to do that. But, and you know, Yachty too, he's not going to want to sit much because he's that competitive. Um, I yeah. think he almost went to another team this year just because I think he was starting to get that feeling that, Hey, I may not get to play as much if I return to St. Louis. Um, now something happened, you know, and he stayed, but he's too competitive for that. And that's where that fine line is when you have a hall of fame player, when you start sitting them and tell him, Hey, it's, it's team over you, but then, you want him playing if he's delivering. So I don't know. That's a really tough one. Yeah. I think a lot of it will be just be dictated by performance to a degree. If they're going to factor that in, because it's kind of like how we said, you know, what he does at the bat doesn't really garner how he handles the rest of the game. Even if his throwing out, you know, his percentage of throwing out would be base dealers is down. It's like you said, the way he manages a pitching staff. Uh, and I think Wayno was a big part of him coming back, but he also did acknowledge in an interview that he did that, you know, the Cardinals and him have discussed transition, you know, like starting to transition. I think whether that's a one year or a two year thing will be also determined. People are saying, oh, he'll play again next year. I think that will also be determined on how this year goes and how, if he's healthy and how he performs and if he feels like he wants, I mean, he's going to say he wants to now, obviously, but. And if he plays another year, him and Pujols won't be able to retire together. And then we're talking yeah. about mass anarchy. <laughs> and who knows what will no happen. The page, the Facebook group and page will crash, Chris. You'll have to start all over again. 
back to fan one. Yeah. Uh, Hayden, let me ask you, what do you think? Do you think Yachty is a first ballot Hall of Famer in your opinion? And then do you see him taking a heavy workload this season? Well, I think anyone who says he's not a Hall of Famer is just trying to get like clicks on their articles because just on his accolades or his presence behind the plate alone, he's a Hall of Famer and he has both of them. So I don't see any logical reason to say he's not a Hall of Famer unless you're just trying to get attention on your article. Did you read my article about he's not? Not yet. I'm just kidding. No, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't do that, but that's a good point. So I guess just to stir controversy would be a good reason why, but you know, you never, you never know, but I don't think Yachty's anything to piss off a lot of reporters. Like JP was saying earlier, it's all, it's, it's all politics. And I thought it was kind of a big joke this year. This is not Cardinal related that nobody was elected to the hall of fame. I mean, how the hell does that even happen? I think it's kind of embarrassment. I mean, they're they're not they're not super there's not a ton of superstars but you're trying to tell me which McGuire was already a travesty but you're not going to put Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame it's just I mean I know why but I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of uh, Brad on what do you think I'm sure you're probably going to agree with this because you don't want to be chastised and the group loves to do that and I know you're active there so yeah. is Yachty a first ballot Hall of Famer and you think the same thing you see him taking the bulk of the innings behind the dish this year. Yeah, the past few years, I, I que actually questioned whether he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I I thought he, again, this few years ago, I, I thought he'd get in like year five or six. Now now I think there's no Chris, what did you say? Chris texted me and told me to cut your feed. Hold on a second. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no. Sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I think now, it, without a doubt, he, he's first ballot. Um but I mean, like the other guys have said, I mean, it, his leadership, the way he handles pitching staff, um, his defense, all those, all those gold gloves up on his mantle. I mean, he even has a few plat platinum gloves too. So I mean, there, there's no question he he's a first ballot Hall of Famer to me. Um, I mean, who in, who invites a runner to steal second and throws right? him out by a second and a half? Yeah, that, uh, that's insane. Is uh, Yadier Molina good? <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I got to rank that play. Sorry, Brad. I got to rank that like right below the Brandon Phillips fight in Cincinnati, where you know he was talking crap in the media, and Yadier just basically confronted him at the plate, like, "Hey, what's up? What do you got to say?" Right. That's that's got to be. Those are my top two best Yachty yep. moments, I think. Yeah, that, that that was great. Like when when I was watching that game yesterday, when I saw Jose Siri do that, taunt him like that, I was like, "What are you doing?" I I was actually hoping Yachty would try to pick him off at first again on the on the very next pitch, but uh, yeah. Siri thought he thought to himself, "The Astros as a team, we don't have enough heat. What can I do?" Aside from the cheating scandal, <laughs> to draw right. some attention, right? But but yeah, as for yeah, he's playing time this year. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna want to play all one sixty two. I mean, but I I think he's gonna be playing at least one hundred thirty. Um, I mean, you, you'll get some days off so you can get have it be Kisner or. Um, Ali Sanchez or Tyler Heineman in there. I mean, I 
you, you gotta you gotta rest Yachty, especially if you're planning on making that deep run in the playoffs, you gotta have him healthy, rested for for the hopeful long postseason run. Yeah, and poor Kinsner's just kind of become the reincarnated Carson Kelly, it seems like. Um, yeah. poor guy. And I think that's the way he's gonna finish out. Uh Chris, head over to you, sir. Yeah, I'm going from that Hall of Fame question to another. Uh, I know the Cardinals recently had put out the five nominees for this year's Cardinals Hall of Fame, and it was Steve Carlton, Keith Hernandez, Matt Morris, Edgar Renneria, and Lee Smith. Uh, this year they're only taking one um, that will join the class that didn't quite get inducted you know, last year, but who would you guys use your one vote for out of those five? I know there's a case to be made for each of them, I'm just curious to hear your take on who you would vote for for this year's Cardinals Hall of Fame. Let's start with Hayden. Oh, you're starting me. I'm a little bit not in the loop with this because these guys are way past my time. But um, I think uh, probably either Steve Carlton or Keith Hernandez. I feel like, especially for me, they just carry more weight with their name. Um, and I feel like when you think of them, you think of the Cardinals. Well, maybe not Keith Hernandez, but um, Steve Carlton. Um, I feel like he should definitely be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Maybe even Lee Smith. I don't know. It's tough, especially when you didn't watch him play. Yeah, Lee right. Smith was kind of someone I picked too, Hayden, but he was who I picked when we talked about this just amongst us. And just because if you look at his numbers when he was a Cardinal, were pretty astronomical. And I didn't even realize how good – and basically commanding he was in his short run uh, with the Cardinals. But a lot of those guys, even Matt Morris, I didn't realize how good Matt Morris was until I started checking into it. I'm like, damn, I don't remember. And I was watching that. I'm like, I don't remember Matt Morris being that good. I remember him and Woody Williams and those guys being our rotation and figuring how the hell are we going to do anything. But Now, JP, what are your thoughts? I know, you know, Keith Hernandez, the big – bugaboo with him as he had the falling out with you know whitey herzog and everybody does consider him a met but you know he had 10-year career in st louis six straight gold gloves um that that was my pick of who i would go with but carlton morris renneria and lee smith all good options who would you be taking i'm tempted to say matt morris because i got to watch him pitch i know how good he was and it seemed like after daryl kyle's death he just took over that spot and just came into his own but he's got more time to get in for me because of that. And only taking one, it's gotta be Steve Carlton because every franchise has that trade. They wish they could have back. And I think that's probably the Cardinals trade is to have gave Steve Carlton up, especially for what they gave him up for. It was essentially a money deal way back then. Um, they basically sold him is what it comes down to. And I think that if they could have that one back, they would take it back real quick. So um, with all the, all those different things considered, it's gotta be Steve Carlton without a doubt. What say you, Brad? Yeah, for me, it's it's between Carlton Hernandez and uh, Lee Smith. I mean, kind of like what JP said. I mean, Edgar and Matt Morris they they both have a lot of time, and um, I I know me and you kind kind of had a conversation the other day about um, whether or not too many players are actually getting into the Cardinal Hall of Fame. I mean, to me. When I think of Hall of Fame, the elite of the elite. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to see it watered down, which, I mean, I 
that that's that's another topic but um if i had to choose i'd probably go carlton as well i mean uh, hall of famer in, in general i mean he his time with the cardinals was was great as well i mean it's it's got to be him yeah not bad answers i mean you can't go wrong with any of them i you know, I kind of went with Hernandez knowing I'd catch some flack because everybody does kind of label him as a Met. I just think that decade run of six straight gold gloves, 299 career hitter for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, and I love Lee Smith, and that's Jared's pick. But, you know, f- a four-year career to a 10-year career, and I'm you can't be watering it down with those type of players. But as you said, like, eventually, you know, at what, at what point – is the criteria going to water down to where we're just letting anybody in? I know there's been some people clamoring that David Freeze will get in just for the heroics of, you know, what he did. And it's, it's kind of a crapshoot because eventually you don't want to see everybody in with a red jacket. Um, but yeah, you couldn't go wrong with any of those options for this season. Good answers guys. The bad part of it is, is everyone, it's easier to remember the most recent stuff, right? So that's why, you know, some of the older guys, it's it's hard to remember for some of the younger fans, especially, you know, like, oh, I don't know those guys. I mean, I know they're good, but I don't know what they did, you know? So I think uh, I think that kind of makes it tough. And that's why in the past, the guys in obviously younger fans are online more. So it's, I think it's why you see guys like Scott Rowland and all them. Undoubtedly, they should be anyways. But, you know, it's pretty much when they mention their name, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going in for sure. I'm surprised I just went with one this year. And I also like the way you threw Hayden off there because I figured you're kind of like Mike Matheny and Brad was kind of like your Seth Manis there. You know, he's like every time you're going to the bullpen, you're you're bringing him in. You, he's working that arm. You threw Hayden off. You threw a little mix up there. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't warmed up yet. He didn't start throwing. So okay. <laughs> um, we we do have a question, and I'll I'll throw that out there. I know there's a lot of what ifs involved, but it comes from Rodney Hale, but he wants to know. Uh, do you think the Cardinals will make a move at the deadline, which could be pretty broad? And I, I will answer that first, and I will say yes. And then the next question, and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll say yes. A lot of that depends, you know, on how the question, on how the team will be at the deadline. Are they going to be uh, doing well? Or are they going to be falling short of expectations? I feel like if they're out of the hunt at the deadline, there could be a move or two made to try to free up. Uh, I don't know, some kind of money for next year. But uh, I think if they're in competition and they need something and it's they're going to deal to where they need that. So we talked about pitching. If that's a weakness at the time, they could go for a pitcher. If the outfield is underperforming, you know, they could go out and try to get an outfielder. I think if they're trying to go all in with Wainwright and Yachty being their last season, they're going to make those efforts. And a lot of people have thrown out Max Scherzer. Uh, JP, your thoughts, the Cardinals – are in a contingent position, you know, they're contending at the trade deadline. Do you see them going out and trying to make a splash, especially with it being uh, Yachty and Wayno's final season? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different factors. Again, it depends on position and exactly how we're doing. But, I mean, if you're leading the division, but you're still a little bit weak, to me, the position that's going to come open that you could use a move like that if the right guy's available is definitely the rotation. And, I mean, it was known that Max Scherzer wanted to come here anyway. And it didn't happen. You know, he's a Mizzou guy. He's from the St. Louis area, yet he went to to Washington. And I understand it was for the money. But if he's out there and Washington's out of it and he has a chance to come home and make a run with the Cardinals, you do it. Um, if, if it's the right guy at the right time, absolutely. If you look at the Dodgers, 
they already had a great rotation anyway. And then they go out and add Trevor Bauer, who I'm not really big on, but he was one of the big names that you could have added. They go out there and spend the money. I don't care if you have five Hall of Fame pitchers in a rotation. My question is, who's your sixth guy? Because eventually you're going to have to use them. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to need to miss a start or two. So to me, that's probably the position that will need to be addressed. And you absolutely have to do that if you're the Cardinals. Now, the thing that makes this interesting is, is COVID because the finances are just completely messed up. Typically in an offseason, you don't let a two-time Gold Glove Award winner in Colt Wong walk for $12.5 million, or actually $11.5 because you had a $1 million buyout that you had to right. pay them no matter what. Because of COVID, they did. Now, with the Arenado trade, that's worked out. But I think with the rotation, that's where the need's going to be. And so if the right guy's there, yeah, you have to make the move, unless unless it doesn't make sense because of giving up a young pitcher or something that you don't want to give up. But um, I think this team is now in a win-now mode because of Arenado, um, and it, it's ours. So go out there and make that deal if it's there to be had. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, and I think we're it kind of goes back to where we have some unknown questions, but we also have areas of depth. You know, we do have – uh, the outfield is probably as far as deep, deep in the minor leagues is not as strong, uh, but we're deep. At, we're deep at third. Uh, we obviously have people like Luke and Baker that was rumored to be in the Arenado deal. That's not going to have a spot to play at first. Uh, you do have Gorman. I know they're trying to work him out somewhere else, but you have Jordan Walker, who is a, a standout stud right behind him. You've got Libertor Thompson. And then we have who we just talked about. We have Kinsner, who is basically just doing nothing for us and just eating up value. But Hayden, you look prepared, so I'm going to go to you, sir. What do you see? You look like you're warm up. You're ready. You're ready for the call, so I'm going to signal for you. Uh, what do you think kind of move the Cardinals make going into the deadline if they're uh, in a contending position? Well, I think it's definitely going to be around the rotation because I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, but that seems like their main issue um, with the Cardinals is getting uh, innings eaten. Because they have the talent. No one's questioning that. It's just they don't have anyone that's able to um, take up all those innings, especially with all the injury history and older guys on the team. Yeah, no, that's – and I agree with you too. I mean, broken record, but you're right. Because, you know, what – If even if you have, you know, three or four guys in your rotation that are performing well and you go out and get a rotation piece, you kind of shuffle things around and the series is going to change that. If you have all your outfielders hitting 300 with 20 home runs a piece, you can't just really take one and put on the bench, but it's easier to adjust that rotation. Uh, Brad, what about you? You see this being a good year and you think the Cardinals might be more inclined to make a move. If it's going to be, you know, a chance to be Wainwright and Molina's last season, they might kind of more willing to make that move and be all in. Would you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely anticipate this being a good year. Um, I mean, Say it seems like the past few years, the deadline, it's been pretty quiet. Um, if, if they did make a move, it'd be for a bullpen piece. Um, I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. Um, I, I agree with the other guys. Starting rotation, I think, is definitely something that you need to keep an eye on. Um, I, I'd love to see Max Scherzer, but I, I don't really see the Nats being in a position where they need to trade him, I, I fully anticipate the Nationals um, being a contender the, this year. So I, I don't really think Max is going to be an option for us. One guy that 
I think could be someone to look at. And he, he's looked decent so far th this year. Um, Felix Hernandez, with, he's with the uh, Baltimore Orioles now. Um, he's likely going to make their um, rotation. He, he signed a minor league deal, but, I mean, I, I think he's just going to be used as trade bait. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned Andrew Kisner, but I don't think the Orioles would want Kisner since they have Adley Rutschman, the number two overall prospect in the game. Um, but I, I think Andrew Kisner would be involved in some sort of deal at the deadline. Yeah, it could be a three-team trade or or who knows. I was just seeing him eating, eating time away with us, and he's getting older, so his, his value is just dropping every – yeah, I'm glad Yachty's back. Obviously, I wanted Yachty back, but the longer you keep Kinsler just like Kelly and he's not doing anything, the, the more his value just – plummets and Herrera's already about to overtake him on the depth chart. I would think Herrera's a little more touted at this point. And I would say the heir apparent to Yadier Molina and pretty much models himself uh, after him. So we could, you see where we usually do, and it might not be a big trade too. So I'm glad you brought that up too with Felix, because you know, the, the big trade that paid off for us was with the blue Jays, you know, in 2011 with, Rasmus, when we went out and got a bunch of guys, nobody thought we should go after like Dotel and those guys, but it was just the right, you know, and Edwin Jackson, it was just the right, and what was it, Corey Patterson? He was the other one. Yeah, it was just like the right pieces yeah. that we needed to kind of go out and make things click and make things happen. Jeff Weaver. Yeah, and, and we, Jeff Weaver in the past too, and he performed yeah. really well for us. So it's just kind of getting the right complementary piece, you know, that might make things work. I don't know, Scherzer is, seems like he's becoming the next. Arenado, Lawless. Well, I, you know, I'm sure you might have another question to ask these guys. I'll, I'll end with this. This will be my last question for you guys. But the expectations for this season, I know it's too early to predict much. But if we had to just go out on a limb today and say where you guys expect this Cardinals team to wind up, uh, whether it's a wild card spot, uh, you know, winning the division, making a, a playoff appearance, or an actual push to make the world series. Uh, where do you guys see this Cardinals team as it stands now? If there's no more additions to the team uh, finishing up this season and we can always come back and revisit this episode and laugh at how off we are, or we can brag about how right we are, but what, what say you guys, we'll start with JP. Um, I think that they win the central division. Uh, I see them winning nine, 91 games is my number. Um, the Cubs have done nothing. In fact, they've actually lost players for the first time in quite a while. The Brewers added Colton Wong, but outside of that, they haven't added much. They've got a, a decent team, but you look at this division, it's ours. So they, for me, they win the Central. Um, they win the first round of the playoffs. I think now there's an extra round, right, because of the COVID expansion. Is that the same as it was last year, I believe? No, I, I or is it back to traditional? It's, back to traditional? It's still – they're saying that it could change. As of right now, it's traditional, but there's okay. – a lot of people think that they might make something happen toward right up, right up to the day of the season to where they might add the DH and expand the playoffs. But as of now, it's old school. If it if they end up expanding, I can see the Cardinals winning, um, you know, a round or two. If it's traditional, they'll get in because of winning the division. Um, and I think they can be competitive. But uh, I think they could make a run to the NLCS, but I don't think that they're ready for the World Series just yet, but they'll be close. 
good answer. It's the same number I've got them at. It's 91 wins. And, you know, as, as I looked at the division, I kind of look at Cincinnati and Chicago kind of 500 team and Milwaukee kind of giving us a little bit of a fit. But I, I think the division is ours to lose. So I, I agree with that. Uh, what's your thoughts, Brad? Uh, yeah, I, I'm higher on, on Milwaukee. Um, they they just added Jackie Bradley Jr. the other day. Um, and we know they added Wong. Um, I, I'm really high on um, a couple of their pitchers, Brandon Woodruff and uh, Corbin uh, Burns. I mean, I, I think they're going to have huge years, and they, they're going to be a big reason why um that they push push us to the brink um i think cardinals win 92 games uh and win the division um as for how we do in the playoffs um i i think by winning 92 games we'll end up going up against uh whoever comes out of the east um right now i think that's going to be atlanta so kind of kind of a rematch from 2019 um, and I mean, I, I think we match it up fairly well against Atlanta, the way, the way things look right now. Um, but I, I don't see us getting past, uh, the Dodgers or the Padres though. Those two teams are just loaded. I, I fully expect one of those team, one of those two teams to represent the national league quite possibly. Okay, thanks Brad. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the I would I would love for for us to kind of kind of upset the those those two, but I to be honest, I, I don't see that happening. But like, crazier things have happened. Yeah, the yeah thing I got to jump off. So right on, JP. Yeah, thanks, JP. Thanks for stopping. Appreciate by. you guys having me on. Yep. Appreciate you joining. Did you tell me? Did you talking to me, Chris? No, I'm good. You're good. Oh, I, I thought you said something to me. Uh, my last question, and I'll ask the three of you, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here real quick. Is uh, and I'll start with you, Hayden. Hayden, do you see Matt Carpenter completing the full? year on the team. I'm not talking about trade. I'm talking about traded DFA, what have you. Do you think Matt Carpenter will still be a St. Louis Cardinal at the conclusion of the season? Uh, that's a tough question, but I think ultimately, yes, that's due to him having a full no trade clause, him being like him raising his family in St. Louis. His family's been there um, since they've been born. So I don't, know, I don't think a guy would like him, especially as much of a family man as he seems like, would want to uproot his family. Um, and also, I just feel like, especially with Molina, possibly this being his last year, and Wainwright this being his last year, Carpenter could be one of the like the only veteran players the Cardinals have in the clubhouse. So that's valuable beyond the box score. And that's a definitely a guy you want want to have around to help out young guys like DeYoung and Carlson and even like Lane Thomas and Bader um, get going in the major leagues. And I also think he does provide value. He's definitely not having the start he wanted to spring training this year, but 
he can get so hot when like crazy moments like that when he that month of June or July um, where he had like the four runs against the Cubs that just shows you um, how how lethal he can be when he's right which I think it is possible we could see that MVP caliber Matt Carpenter back if he if he doesn't get injured yeah I would like to see him definitely come back and show us some of that home run power if you could get that back and put him behind uh Arenado and in front of DeYoung or somebody like that if I'll, so I keep hoping just to myself that they let the DH uh, come back into play this year and somehow make it work before the season starts because I feel like that's the only way for for sure going to be able to see him play every day and I would like to see him at least get that opportunity you know spring hasn't looked good like like you said also and he doesn't look very good right now but sometimes you know things just don't click for these guys whatever until the season starts so I would like that to be put into play and hopefully he would get a chance to DH and play every day and play himself out of out of the lineup. You know, I was just thinking the only way I was thinking is if he just did completely horrible and at the point was just taking up a roster spot. You know, you might see him being DFA just because he doesn't have any years left. And that's that's obviously worst case scenario. And I know he said he would waive his no trade clause if the Cardinals ever wanted to trade him, but uh, saying that and then having it happen are two separate things. Uh, Brad, sit tight. Keep warming up in the bullpen. You're going to be my closer. Uh, Chris, what do you think? You think Carp uh, is uh, going to be on the team this whole entire season? I, I do think that's the case. And I, you know, again, I don't want to sound like some of the group members that just want to bag on Carpenter. Uh, you know, when I watch the guy bat, and especially in spring training, you know, he's striking out looking already. In a spring training game, who gives a hell if you strike out? You know, swing the bat. See what you can do with it. And the thing with Carpenter is he, he swings like he has a broken rib. Like he has no extension. He tucks that arm in. And, yeah, I'm no hitting instructor, but something's got to give. And the guy just – he doesn't look comfortable at the plate. He sees way too many pitches. Uh, but with this being his last season under contract, I don't think he's going to get the amount of plate appearances that uh, gets him a renewed deal with the team. But – yeah, yeah this, I don't think it his option. He'd have to get hot and play nonstop. Right. So I mean, I, I think he finishes his career here in St. Louis with this year. I don't I don't think he goes anywhere else after unless he has a semi decent year. I just don't see it happening. I, w- I wish he'd get it together. I know he's, you know, a hell of a guy and a hell of a ball player, but he is just he's kind of fell victim to his own ways. He's kind of stuck in how he's swinging and if he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's off. Yeah, it's it's one of those things to where it's almost like he's trying to take the bat out of his own hands. He's like trying to make himself uh, draw a walk, you know. And he's been good at it in the past, and he's had a good eye. But sometimes you just want to see him try to make good contact. And kind of like you said, it's almost like he's choking up on the bat too much, or even like uh, Matt was saying, like he has a bad back or something like he's like he, he's not getting good enough extension you know you see a lot of these good players even yachty you know they do everything they can to make contact they go they one hand at the end or just trying to get the end of the bat on the ball so see him be more aggressive and maybe if he's uh dh and he would have that opportunity that's kind of what i'd like to see that he's would kind of ease his mind because i think now he is thinking you know edmund is probably going to be the second base when i'm trying to fight my way on this team I've got to go out here and hit and all these guys get pressure on them. So, you know, maybe if that came out and they said, Hey, you're looking to be our DH to start the season, you know, it might get him more into a comfort zone. Uh, 
Brad, what do you think? It's it's Carp's last season. Do you think he performs well, or do you think it ends up being a situation to where he he might not be a Cardinal at the end of the season, to where he gets released or, or yeah, traded? I, I definitely think it's his last year. I mean, he he's got that vesting option. I, I think if I remember, it's like five hundred fifty plate appearances he has to get, which he's only done. I think four times, if I remember right, might be 750. It's either 550 or 750. I don't remember the math, but he's only, whichever one it is, he's only accounted it four times and there's no way he's, he's getting that this year. Um, yeah. I think they will. Uh, I think they'll make sure he doesn't get that many. I, and I'd have to agree with that too. I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll finagle something where, sit him so many games that way he, he's not gonna yeah he won't get close but i think if he did it would be one of those things to where he's not in the lineup today because they're gonna be thinking 18 and a half million if he plays right. well we could resign him for 12 maybe right. <laughs> yeah but i also wouldn't be surprised if they dfa'd him i mean we now he he's different situations since he, he's been a lifelong cardinal um but I mean, we we've let go of Brett Cecil, um, who who had high money. Um, we uh, were eating most Greg Holland contract. They did it with Holland. They did it with Peralta his last year. Peralta, Johnny Peralta, uh, Luke Gregerson, even. Um, That's the only reason I was even posing that question because I got to thinking to myself: eighteen and a half million is a lot of money. He does have no trade clause, but what if he's just tanking and it's june july and you know we need that roster spot is the thing would the cardinals maybe think about you know with the history and the possibility of upsetting some fans would they do that or are they just going to hang on to him and let him sit there i don't i mean i don't know i i, I think if he continues to struggle like this I, I think the only reason why you keep him on the team is like hayden said kind of that veteran presence for for the young guys to, to kind of look up to yeah well, that's all. That's all I had, Chris. Are you wrapped up on your end for? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I like to plug these guys and you know let them kind of tell everybody where we can find them on social media and what projects they've got in store. So if you guys want to go around and tell everybody all the avenues and places they can find you on social media, go ahead. Hayden, go ahead. Oh, so I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook with SGL Sports Central, and then on Twitter, it's SGL Sports CNTRL. And right now I'm working on starting a new um, YouTube series or maybe trying out something new that nice. I think a lot of people will like, but that's the main thing I'm working on. Maybe a podcast, but that's a lot further in the works. Yeah, you do all that stuff yourself, or is it a group yeah. of you guys? Just yeah, you? Just Man, me. You, do, you yeah. put out a lot of content. You do some nice stuff. So, I mean, you put a lot of time and effort, so... Yeah, it shows uh, them, I'm su such a perfectionist. I can't let anyone else do it. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could. That's a lot of stuff. You do a great job, man, putting out stuff. So I, I enjoy checking it out. Appreciate it. And what about you, Brad? Um, Arch City Media, Facebook, um, Twitter. Um, I mean, I you can find me myself on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, uh, Twitter's at, at Brad Kale. Um, and then for, for Arch City Media, it's just at Arch City, City Media. Um, 
I, I'm currently in the middle of my 30-team preview for the month, month of March, previewing uh, all 30 teams in the major leagues. Um, if I remember right, uh, I will be previewing the Cardinals on the 18th, so uh, the day after St. Patrick's Day, so that will be St. Louis's Day. Um, and then at the very end of the month, um, on the 31st, I'll do my entire uh, predictions for, for the 2021 season, and it's kind of what, what I'm looking forward to here, so. Nice. That's a lot of work too, man. Compiling information. I know I got to do the Reds on our podcast this week, and I, I'm dreading having to do research for one team, let alone twenty nine yeah, others. So so far for the Central, I've only done the Pirates, and that that was that was rough. Would you pick the easiest story you could first, or what? Trying to get well, it done. I, I'm actually going by uh, draft order. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I say the pirates. Maybe you could do like you know, wait till you have to put out a story and your deadline. You don't have anything. You're like pirates will not be very good. Yeah. Next story. No, I'm just kidding. I think I I, I still like watching us play the pirates just because of the fact they always have these young guys that come out of nowhere and end up on another team and do well. <laughs> it seems like, yeah. and I I think the red. I think the teams are going to be a little better than everyone figures in the central. I think the Brewers are a pretty big sleeper. I know a lot of people were shocked when they were ranked higher than the Cardinals, which I don't think they're better than the Cardinals, but I think the Brewers do have a little bit of a sleeper team uh, this year. They do like Woodruff. I'm a big Woodruff fan. I pick him up in fantasy every year if I get the chance. Uh, Devin Williams, I do like him. He was a little shaky last time. They got Hayter. They got uh, Colton Wong only solidifies the defense on the, on the team and, yeah. I can't remember the guy that's taken over at Fur. He was their second baseman. You know, he's an Asian uh, guy. I don't want to be. Kelton Hurra. Yep, that's him. Yep. And they've Kester. done. Uh, yeah, they've done a lot. And, and Yelich, I look for Yelich to have a huge bounce back, uh, bounce back season. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. And Travis Shaw seems to always do well against the Cardinals and hit home runs. You know, they just got guys out there that you don't normally hear about, but always just seem to do well against us. And same way with the Reds. And I, I think one one thing that kind of hurt the Cardinals last year um, with with the lack of offensive production was MLB said that you couldn't have in-game video in the dugout because of the whole Astros and Red Sox scandal yeah. going on. That that's back this year. So I I think you could see a guy like Paul DeYoung ha have a bigger season. The, bigger season this year yeah i agree it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season it'll be here before we know it it starts up in three weeks so thanks again to everybody thanks again to our our guests and joining us hopefully we have you guys back on uh soon uh jp maxwell from uh midmo sports show 107.3 fm out of rolla missouri on espn radio brad kell from art city media and Mr. Hayden C., the founder of STL Sports Central. Please check them out. They do some great work, have some interesting stuff. So uh, please follow, like, subscribe to those guys, and keep checking in with us here. Chris at Cardinal Cuts doing his own thing. I have Redbirds with Red Wine, and then our weekly Cardinals Nation 24-7 podcast that we try to put out by every Thursday because we have to do a lot of editing. Other yep. than that, I think, I think we're all it, so – I'll leave you. You can take us out there, Chris. 
I just appreciate everybody that uh, has tuned in and that tuned in live tonight. I appreciate all of our guests, Brad, Hayden, and JP. Uh, really appreciate their interaction in the Facebook group and sharing their stuff out. And hopefully it gets more attention when you share it to the group, you know, that puts more eyes on your work. So we appreciate all that you guys do and for being good members of the group and for popping on with us tonight. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having thanks us. Yep. Yeah, thanks. All right. Everybody go cards. Go cards. Go cards.